Hello, back after the Easter break, and welcome back if you're one of the regulars, and welcome if you're new here. My name's Mark Shardlow, and over the next few months, you'll hear short chats with athletes hoping to make the Olympics and Paralympics in Tokyo this summer. They come from a range of sports with a range of expectations. Many of the guests, we follow their journey over the coming weeks, so you'll hear them several times charting how they're getting on in their quest to make Japan. Um, The latest team members were announced last week and what a crazy few days it's been for today's guest. Steph Davis has had a whirlwind couple of years from a really good club runner to now a member of the GB Olympic team. All this whilst working part-time for an asset management company. She completely bossed the marathon trial to claim her place a couple of weeks ago with official confirmation coming up last week. So a crazy Easter time for Steph. Yeah, you're right. It has been so exciting. It's been a little bit crazy, but to see it actually officially announced and also to alongside the other runners. So to know who you're going to be traveling to Japan with and who's going to be on your team just has that next kind of level of excitement. It just feels, yeah, I guess a bit more real. And it's the team aspect, isn't it? A lot of people say when they they become an Olympian that the team aspect of it is very special. Have you thought about that? So I didn't actually, I hadn't thought too much about it until I actually saw the announcement and I messaged one of the girls to be like, ah, it's so exciting because it is like, and now I feel, I feel like a team and I can't wait till we're all together and we're all wearing the same kit. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But to see it in writing just kind of, yeah, seals the deal. It's, it's really exciting. Have you been back to work since the race? So I have, I took um, Monday off work and then Tuesday, I hadn't been on to my emails or anything since Friday. So I'd received so many lovely messages. Everyone at work's been so excited and so supportive, but I haven't seen anyone in person, unfortunately. It's all been remotely from home. Yeah. That's the hard thing, isn't it, at the moment with with that aspect of work is that it is quite remote. Yeah, it is. And my job, I don't do a lot of kind of video calls and picking up the phone to people all the time. So it's making sure you put in that extra effort to as well kind of message people and maybe occasionally call someone to to keep up that kind of rapport as well. Have you worked out how it's going to work for you with your part-time work ahead of the games? Because you're you're quite a rarity really in, in someone on the team who's got a job. Yeah, I find the balance of working three days a week and training really really worked for me I think obviously working from home it's it's a bit easier because you don't have that commuting time that helps you kind of save a bit of time in the day it also just feel it keeps me kind of grounded not so all consumed by running Um, as much as I love running I think it's only healthy and natural not to want to think about it all the time so having that balance with work means that I can kind of switch off from it focus on something else speak to to my colleagues and who are a lot of them are very good friends of mine. So I think in the build up to Tokyo, not much will change in that front. I spoke with Kev Seawood, the Irish marathon runner, a couple of weeks ago, and he used to he's running to school. I mean, he, he's like you; he works and he runs to school every morning, gets up at six o'clock. In normal times, did you use the commute for as part of your training? Yeah, so I actually um, cycle to work every day. A lot of my training involves cross training and getting around London by bike is um, a lot nicer than getting on the tube as well. Occasionally I did run and I might one day decide to take the train in and then run home. But most of the time, yeah, I would cycle to work. So 
that was also kind of aerobic training um, every day, kind of banked. That was an extra hour. Is this something that doesn't come as a surprise to you making the team? Or do you look back to thinking two years ago, you were in the mass participation start at the London Marathon and wow, what a journey. How are you <laughs> feeling about that? Yeah, I look back and think this is all a bit crazy. So it's all been a bit of a whirlwind. But I guess after I ran Valencia and I, I had the qualifying time, I knew it wasn't completely impossible, but you just can never be sure because you don't know how everyone else is training and how fit they are. You don't know who's going to turn up on the day. You don't know what the marathon is going to do to you on that specific day. So I played so many scenarios in my head, but the outcome of Q and winning with that that lead that I had was not one that I hadn't envisaged. <laughs> uh, how much work have you put in and how has your attitude changed, do you think, since that London marathon a couple of years ago? I definitely, training for London, my life was definitely all consumed by running back then. I think the most notable change was probably from Berlin to London. And then from then it's been, again, like a li- it's been a lifestyle change. But um, that's kind of been going on now for a couple of years. I think with the pandemic, I almost feel quite lucky to have such a focus because alongside work, we don't really have much else going on. I mean, I was laughing when my coach told me on my recovery two weeks to just do all the things that you don't usually get to do. I'm like, well, I can't go anywhere. Like usually that would be I'd go for dinner with my friends and yeah just basically make up for lost time with them because I don't obviously get to see them as much as I'd like to sometimes and have to cut social events short because I need to go home and go to bed because I'm up early so I definitely yeah would love to be doing that right now with all my friends but that's just yeah it's, it's not possible so yeah since London it's been a lot different but um I'd say mentally my attitude's changed a lot since since Valencia, after Valencia, I probably felt quite a lot of pressure um, and found that quite difficult, um, mainly probably just coming from myself. Um, so I've learned and I've worked with people to kind of to, to focus on kind of not letting that affect my my physical performance. Um, and I actually felt going into Q kind of mentally the strongest I've, I've ever been. When you spoke there about lifestyle changes, is that the sort of things you were alluding to, like going out with friends, going to the restaurants, going to the cinema and stuff like that? Yeah, that's definitely something, I mean, regardless of the pandemic, but that's something that I was always having to to juggle, trying to make sure that I was doing my training sessions, but also still seeing my friends because they obviously mean so much to me. Um, I was never going to cut out my social life, but it's just finding a balance. And my friends are so supportive, so there's no judgment when I say... Um, yeah, I can only stay till this time or I'm shooting off early or I'm not drinking. No one no one says anything. They're all totally understand. And especially now, so with um, the Olympics, there's they're just got even more supportive than ever. Fantastic. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the Games is the next stop, really. Uh, there's several months of training and hard work to be put in before that. And of course, your event will be taking place in very difficult and different conditions to queue hot and humid have you thought about that have you got a plan for that yeah so we have thought about it and um we'll definitely try and get away for some training to somewhere that's similar to the climate that i'll be racing in i'm hoping with covid that that wouldn't kind of disrupt travel plans too much but yeah we need to really sit down and and work out different options and where that would be 
but um, we've ru- no roughly when it will be. So that's really exciting because I've never I've never done a proper training camp. Like every time I go on holiday, I'm, I'm still training, but I've never gone away for a significant period just because I need to train. So that will be really exciting as well. Wow, that's that's incredible. As most uh, most international <laughs> long distance runners will have had a camp somewhere along the line. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I just think it's a fantastic story, and congratulations! It was such an impressive performance, and to do that from where you came from two years ago and having a part time job, it's a real inspiration to people. So, congratulations! Thanks for talking to us today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye now. And with thanks to Steph Davis, that's it for Destination Tokyo today. Just a reminder that I'm making these podcasts, trying to raise money for Maggie's Cancer Centres. So if you're enjoying them, you want to drop me a couple of pounds, the price of a cup of coffee, just to say thanks and to make a contribution to the charity. You can find the details in the show notes or you can go to justgiving.com and search Destination Tokyo. Tomorrow we'll have 10 minutes of Paralympic talk and it's a fascinating chat from a former marathon runner who's now turned sprinter. See you tomorrow. Bye bye.